Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey, welcome to the Double Dropkick Show. I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And this is part two of the second annual, the second edition of the Death Dealers Fantasy Tag Team Tournament. Uh, we went through the first part of the bracket on the last episode. Eight great matches. We've got eight great matches coming at you this way. 64 of the best teams in the world brought together in a random draw to put this tournament together. Again, we remind you. Little baby arms, boy. Again, we remind you. <laughs> That we are booking a tournament. We're not necessarily picking our favorites or we're not necessarily saying, uh, listen, any in wrestling, any team can beat any team on any given night. It's all about who's got the pencil. And when it comes to the Death Dealers Invitational, there's only one man that's got the pencil, and that's one half of the Death Dealers himself, mean Mark Whitman. Mark, let's get this thing started. First match, a match that happened uh, – uh, maybe all around the country, but especially the Midwest and the AWA, the LOD, the Road Warriors, versus the Fabulous Ones. And out of their own mouths, the uh, the Fabulous Ones were told by the Road Warriors, if you just go out and do what we tell you to do, nobody will get hurt tonight. Right. And that's why the LOD will be going over in this right. match. <laughs> was it the Fabulous Ones, or no, was it Bruiser and Crusher, they were supposed to drop the belts, and they went out and it's like, we're not dropping the titles tonight. <laughs> And they and like who was going to tell them? Who's going to tell them that? Who's right. Going to tell Hawk and Animal, especially Hawk. Hey, yeah. There's not all these stories about Animal being this wild out of control no. madman, but which probably tells me he's the one you really didn't want to make mad. Right. It's always that guy that you don't want to piss right. off. Next, we have. Uh, we saw bits of this match with Arn, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard versus the Heavenly Bodies. This is one of those matches for the people that just like good wrestling matches. Yes, you know, good old school. Grab a headlock, work a body part, build to a hot tag. Um, you know, I almost got to think Arn and Tully are the baby. Oh, Tully! I just don't ever see Tully Blanchard being a baby face. No, I don't think he. He's just a natural heel. Even when you talk to him in real life, right. you're like, oh, he's kind of. He's kind of a jerk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's just arrogant. Right. He knows how good he is. Yeah. Um, and every time I've ever talked to him, you can just read it on him. that He he thinks he's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He's a, he's a natural heel, but I would still cast them in the babyface role in this match. And I think you got to let Arn take the heat. Because mm-hmm. Arn's so beloved. Yeah. You know what I mean? People do like Arn. So yeah. if, if Telly's getting beat up, nobody cares. Right. They are used to seeing that. Right. But if Arn's getting the one that's getting that's getting stomped on and cheated on, then Tully makes that hot tag, boom, 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 spine buster, slingshot suplex, one, two, three, Arn and Tully. So right in the second round of this tournament, you're getting two – if if you rank in top five tag teams, mm-hmm. these two teams, anybody who doesn't rank these two teams in their top five, I'm going to ask some questions. Yeah. Like, if you didn't put LOD in your top five based on the fact that you just like really, really good 
um, high flying wrestling. I would get that, right? But if you don't understand that the LOD is probably the only real money drawing main event tag team, right? Of the of the, at least of the eighties, yeah. That it, and I'm not talking about where you put. Hogan and Savage together. Right. You got two guys who are draws on their own, and then you make it. But, I mean, guys who were a tag team. Yeah. And that's all they did were tag team specialists. They're probably the only money-drawing, legitimate. Worldwide. Main event, any promotion. You put them on the main event, and people pay just to see them. So much so that you didn't used to see them wrestle much on TV. They would say, hey, if you want to see the Road Warriors, you need to come out to Greenville Memorial Auditorium or Spartanburg, or you need to go to the Omni because that's where they're going to be. Or, or and, th- and thinking back, it, they were brilliant. If they did have a match on TV. It wasn't long. It, the music didn't even finish playing. Yep. And they would come and out. And they'd go but, out and they'd cut that promo. Boom, 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 and there you go, and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll never forget um, the first time in Greenville that I saw the Road Warriors, and uh, this would have been 86, 87 when they had the spikes, yeah. and I was like, man, if I can get close enough, I'm going to try to touch one of them spikes, but they didn't wear them that night, right. but like, it just, oh man, just... The road war, like when they entered the building. It's almost like they named the type of pop that they used to get after them. Right. But <laughs> but it was like, I mean, it, it, it was like even the guys who knew mm-hmm. the deal with the wrestling. When the road warriors got there, you're like, I don't know. But everybody, nobody, when the road warriors were wrestling, when you heard their music, Nobody was going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody was moving around. Nobody was saying. You think? Do you think today, if the Road Warriors were wrestling, these fans would be like, start a chant during a Road Warriors match? No, you sit there with your mouth shut and you <laughs> speak when you're spoken to. All right. The next match. And would you think honestly, if you saw the Road Warriors standing across the ring from just about any tag team you can think of today? Would you honestly think they had a chance of beating the Road Warriors? No. And that's and it was the same back in the 90s. Right. It was the same in the 80s. No matter who they were standing across the ring from, you did not believe that they had a chance to win that match. But here's the thing. This is what, to me, one of the things that made the Road Warriors great is when they, they made, when they were wrestling the Fabulous Ones or the Fantastics or somebody like that, they would... They beat them to such a pulp <laughs> that it made your sympathy for them go up, and you knew, okay, they might can win, but it's going to take the work. The road, no one would. How do I say this? In order for the, it was at a point for the road warriors to lose, they would have to make a mistake. You were not going to beat them. Right, right. You were going to have to capitalize. Right. They might get distracted by something or whatnot. But they were enough, they were one of a few guys. Uh, Br- Bruiser Brody was the same way. They could elicit a gasp by taking a knee. Yes. They didn't even have to take a bump. Boom, boom, boom. Somebody hit it. And then uh, and just to stagger Hawk. Yeah. 
Listen. And then you and then somebody hit him with something and he dropped down on a knee. <gasps> and the people in the oh my God, he almost took Hawk off his feet. And it would make you it would legitimize you as tough if the Road Warriors bumped for you. Right. That's how bad they were. There were there were some wannabe backyarders wrestling this weekend who took more bumps this past weekend than the Road Warriors took in their entire career. Probably so. Yeah. I would say that's yeah. <laughs> like of all the tag teams ever, like everybody talks about your bump card. I don't think the Road Warriors had a bump card. No, no. It's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, Hawk like I don't know that I've ever seen Hawk take a bump. That's, I'll be honest with you. you no, think about it. That's man. right. I, that's know. why, like, when they went into the war games, and the I remember seeing the war, Road Warriors bleed during the war games. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jerry's video. Like, it was a big deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, we got the Koloffs and the Gangsters. Huh. Boy, that's a contrast of style. Mr. Whitman, you will come here. Uh, you make uh, me and Nikita, and you give us uh, the respect uh, we deserve. These Americans do not understand the Kremlin has sent us here. And then New Jack just cutting them. <laughs> you know, I can hear New Jack cutting them. I, don't, I ain't worried about Russia. <laughs> I, don't care what, I don't care where you're from. I don't care you ain't the hood now. Yeah, you talking about the Kremlin. Ain't nobody worried about the Kremlin, man. <laughs> You know, I can just see him out there cutting these. New Jack is one of the best promos in the history of wrestling, man. Oh yeah, he is, man. That he's got a promo that he cut in Smoky Mountain Wrestling that you couldn't cut in 2018, right? And because it was cutting edge then, yeah. You know <laughs> where he talked about the NAACP and this. I mean, it was. It's a great promo where he's like, "Hey, don't nobody tell me what to say." Cause that was like they were so we had some complaints from about some things you were saying. He's like, I ain't worried about them. Don't nobody tell me what to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and then there's this promo when Cornette come out to to say, look, you guys don't know how to play the game, and if you just let me help you, I can help you beat the Rock and Roll Express. He said, look around, white boy. We are black owned, and we always gonna be black owned. <laughs> you know it. it Great promos that he used to cut, man. Uh, New Jack was on the ECW panel at uh, WrestleCade this year. And probably the only decent question that it got asked by the fans was when New Jack was asked about the Brian Pillman situation. And uh, New Jack just came out and said, he's like, I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's your gimmick. He ain't saying the N-word around me. Right, I kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I've he yeah I've heard him talk about that. Before. But to hear him talk about it so, and New Jack, I think first thing he said that morning was like, "Guys, I'm so bleeped up." <laughs> he's got you know he's got severe brain damage. Right, um, right from that Danbury fall. Right, I mean that almost killed him. Oh yeah, I think he's blind in one. He eye. He is blind in one eye. Um, he's he's had a rough time after that, and but not just that the. The other physical, the the toll. Yeah. I mean, that 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 style he worked. Yeah, um, he got a great pop at WrestleCade. Yeah, and he should, man. I'm, I've always been a New Jack fan. I love those Smoky Mountain wrestling promos. There's a great one when they were bringing in the Undertaker and uh-huh. they went and shot a promo in the um, in the graveyard. 
and like it's the only time he's ever shown fear, but he showed it was it was fear shown through false bravado. Mm-hmm. I'm out here in the graveyard. I ain't worried about the Undertaker, but you knew that he was right. You know, he's great, man. He had that ability to kind of to do that to stand out there and be boasting and braggadocious, but you knew that he was just making it up because right. he was scared of the Undertaker. But that look around you. We are black owned, and we always gonna be black owned, and we don't need your help. Right, a great promo. Like yeah. If you if if you're not, it's not like it's really offensive stuff. I mean, it, stuff like that doesn't offend me anyway. Um. But yeah, I'm going with the gangsters. I've talked myself into it. I want the gangsters to to move on. Uh, next we've got. The Usos versus the Rock and Sock Connection. Mick Foley and The Rock. Huh. I mean, you're talking about the biggest movie star in the world and one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time. How and then you you're know? talking about the Rock and Sock Connection. Then you're talking about the Rock and Sock Connection. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to go with the Rock and Sock. Man. So, in the second round, now we've got the Gangsters. Dare I say... A contrast in styles. But, man, can you imagine the promos? Oh, my gosh. Between the between New Jack, Rock, and Foley building this match up. Can you imagine? This match. Take my money. This match, just taken to the next level with the promos that these guys are going to cut about it. You're going, I've got to see this. Yeah. You know, I can, you know, get New Jack's out there saying, man, I don't. I don't care how big a movie star you are. I will carve your face up, and you won't be pretty no more. Uh, if WWE were doing this leading up to this match, they would wrestle every week on TV <laughs> right. leading up to the match. Right. Next we got, oh, man, Midnight Express versus the Killer Bees. That's another good, you know. A match we never saw. No, um, but I got to think the Midnight Express wins that match. You think the switching of the mask maybe backfires on the killer bees. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, speaking of mask, our next match, Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Assassins. The original, the the Bolo. Yes. Tom Renesto and Jody Hamilton. That's right. right. No no bootleg version of the Assassins. That's here. right. You know, the Assassins, man, they were, I mean, in this area. The Bolos, really, in this area, uh-huh. they were. Um, you're talking about, you, you know the origin of the Assassins gimmick? Uh, I believe I do, but, I mean, tell the story. Well, they started this gimmick mm-hmm. right after the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Right. That's. That was the heat. Yeah. <laughs> These were the assassins, you know. <laughs> that came, and that's that was where that was born from, man. And then they would do these these matches as the Kentuckians, maybe. I think I've talked about this before. I don't remember all the details, but it would be like an hour-long time limit if uh, the Kentuckians won, the, the assassins would unmask. Yeah. You know, and they would make it to like, 
55, 56 minutes, and then the assassins would bail because they knew right. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would just create even more heat. There would yeah. always be some reason that they, it would go to the time limit or, yeah. or whatever. Jody Hamilton could work for a big man. Yeah. You know, but he knew how to work the assassin style. And then Yoko, another guy, man, we um, talking about those those super heavyweights. He's, to me, in that elite class of a guy until he got so big. Right. That he couldn't. There was a time there was nobody his size. Right. Nobody in yeah. wrestling was as big as Yokozuna. Right. And certainly nobody that size who could do the things that he did. Yeah. I mean, and you would see him uh, do that bonsai drop on an established star, and yeah. you hear those guys talk about it and say, "No, nah, I never, never felt a thing. Really, drop down off the top rope, land on me." Never felt a thing. And then you would see him just these underneath guys and just squash them. Yeah. And you could tell. <laughs> he just didn't care, man. Yeah. He didn't take the same. I think it was Cornette that took the bonsai drop, and he was worried about it because he had been out there watching him. Yeah. And said he just he took care of him, man. Said yeah. he dropped down on his chest, and it just like somebody put a feather down on him. I, I just posted in the patrons group. I can't remember where I saw it. It was a promo. Of the mass superstar, Jody Hamilton, the assassin, and the spoiler, John Don Jardine on Georgia Championship Wrestling. And mass superstar comes out. And, and Jody Hamilton's one of the great promos yes. ever. And mass superstar is like, these gentlemen can speak for themselves, but today they're going to let me speak for them. We are the three greatest. And it was it was just this really good uh, – I don't that doesn't have anything to do with other than I, I like mass wrestlers. There should right. be more – we have you and I. We have encouraged guys mm-hmm. to be mass wrestlers. It's like nobody wants to do it. Yeah, nobody wants to do it anymore. I don't understand that. Well, I guess I do understand it because everybody wants to be famous, and you can't be famous if nobody knows your face, unless you're El Santo. And nobody would want to wear their mask the whole time. Yeah, that then that's the thing. You know, I mean, nobody protects that anymore there, you know there was uh i think Cornette again talked about like seeing mr wrestling too in the locker room with his mask on and how he finally saw him one night without the mask and it was such a big deal to him yeah. that he had taken the mask off around him because he really like he showered with his mask on and, yeah uh, they really took that seriously to protect that. Uh, Super Hentai is a is a guy from wrestler from Pittsburgh and wrestled in Japan different places. And uh, Kurt Angle was training with them at their training school, and when they were posting pictures. Super Hentai was covering his fa- he had on a hoodie and he was covering his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanco Loco is another guy, a local. Guy, I mean, he's out of Florida, and when he posts pictures. When, when like, his tag team partner posts pictures of them at the gym, they always cover his face. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that. I like that, you know? Yeah. Super Dragon's the same way. You oh. don't see him without without the mask. And then, like, even his real name. He's real. He was real protective. I was watching a um, – um, it was a Kevin Steen interview, I think. Mm-hmm. They did it twice, one with him and one with um, – with El Generico before he was Sami Zayn, where he said both of them's real name, yeah, and then asked him to to, to beep it, so they beeped over their real names oh. in the interview because they were so protective. Oh wow! Especially Super Dragon was really protective of, of who he really was. Oh wow! Yeah, I don't have a. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Either. 
Which I've never researched it, but I always liked Super Dragon. Like I know he's the, he's an acquired taste. I yeah. get that not everybody likes him. I like him. I always like those guys that are different. That are different. Uh, that kind of do their own thing, and that you know, I don't know. I like that kind of thing. Still, um, the Assassins versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. I got to go with Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Um, that's going to make a great second round matchup, Midnight Express versus Owen Hart and Yokozuna. And that's kind of why. I just think that'll be a And who does Jim Cornette side with? He's got ties to both teams. That could be the deciding factor. Yeah. Planting a seed there. Uh, I would say at this time he's with Hart and, and Yoko. And you almost I, maybe he sits in a chair and just just like he did with the dynamic dudes and the Midnight Express, and he's just sitting there watching the match. <laughs> Next, we got the New Age Outlaws versus LAX. LAX is uh, Hernandez, Hernandez and Homicide. Homicide. I was a fan of them. The original. Well, now this there's a different LAX no, now, I know, but the original version of them, yeah. I love. Man. Yeah, I, that was so intense, man. Can't remember because I, w- I was kind of watching Impact at the time. Yeah, and they had a great tag team division at that. They point did, and I've always thought Hernandez is a guy that should have gone further than he did. Right. I don't know why he didn't. Right. I don't know what happened if it was something with him or what, but he's just a guy that I think should have gone further than he has. That's right. The I only mean, question is. How far is he going in this tournament? No, not very far. <laughs> go with the New Age Outlaws. <laughs> and then our final match of this part of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Strike Falls against the New Day. The winner to take on the aforementioned New Age Outlaws. Hmm. I mean, I got to go with New Day just because you love Strike Force. Hmm. And now you can I, – I think the promos between the New Day and New Age Outlaws, both teams, yeah. oh, you didn't know, get on your feet. <laughs> um, all right, so let's do this rundown. The Legion of Doom defeated the Fabulous Ones. Arn Anderson and Telly Blanchard defeated the Heavenly Bodies. The Gangsters defeated the Koloffs. The Rock and Sock Connection defeated the Usos. The Midnight Express defeated the Killer Bees. Uh, Owen Hart and Yokozuna defeated the Assassins. The New Age Outlaws defeated LAX. And the New Day defeated Strike Force. Uh, make sure uh, you go. Uh, DoubleDropKick.com is where you can see the brackets. You can subscribe and download this podcast wherever you can find a great podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Heath Mulliken. I'm at the DDK Show. We also want to send a shout-out to our sponsors at SOSCustomTees.com. Make sure you check them out. Hey, if you're needing T-shirts, SOS Custom Tees, that's the place to get them done. Uh, they got some uh, great trading cards there, some new ones coming. We got the Rick, Ricky Morton memorabilia cards featuring uh, tights. That he wore at Survivor Series. Ooh, uh, so you nice. can check those out. And we got even more coming. Some, these are one-of-a-kind items you can't get anywhere else. Uh, We've got a, Eventually, we're going to have the Mark Whitman um, Haynes boxer briefs. <laughs> <laughs> which you'll be able to get on that. <laughs> and the great thing about that is typically – 
they can only get about 40 cards out of some tights. <laughs> we'll get about 140. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> also, hey, uh, this is uh, we're recording this on January the third, and let me just tell you, uh, we recorded a behind the scenes episode for our patrons to get today. Patreon, Patreon dot com slash Double Dropkick, uh, where we talk about all elite wrestling, and we but really just it, we cover a lot of different things and get Mark's take on you know what would he do with a hundred million dollars. Uh, so there we go. Uh, lots going on, lots to do today. Uh, but as always, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.